So I gave you those six titles of the previous messages, and in a phrase, all of that I could uh, have you to reflect on as intimacy with Christ. Intimacy with Christ. Christ in place of us, us in place of Christ, Christ in us, Christ our treasure, Christ our master, Christ our savior. All of that reflects this. Every one of these messages is about us connecting with Christ. And then we come to this. And so the tail end here of chapter two, he's warning these people in Colossae that they are being led astray that they are trading what he's just described in intimate detail about Christ, that they're trading that for something of far less value, far less meaning in their spiritual lives. Let me again, in the same way that I kind of summarize that, let me summarize this. First, in verse 16, he says, let no one judge you. In verse 18, he says, let no one cheat you. And then in all these phrases. In verse 16, let no one judge you in food, drink, festivals, new moon, Sabbaths. And here is what they're recommending that you do. Exercise false humility, worship angels, exercise fleshly pride. Then when he's saying about don't, no, nobody cheating them, this is what they're putting in place. Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't handle this or that. He describes these as self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect of the body. It's some bodily thing that we can do that we think by doing this will make ourselves more acceptable to God. We'll somehow earn God's favor, be closer to Him than we otherwise would be. Now, what makes it difficult to teach these things, to teach this to these people of Colossae, is that a lot of these things are good. In other words, fasting, that's depriving your body of something. It's a godly thing that you're doing. Honoring God on the Sabbath, God wants us to do that. That is making recognition of a special day. And so when you're learning what Paul is talking about and what he's not talking about, you always have to stand for what's right and reject what's false. So many of the cults all major in this. They major in the minors. All these things, all these outward things, that's what the cults like to focus on. Why? Because by doing that, they're drawing your heart away from Christ. They're drawing you further away from the source of what would really draw you nearer to God. So by doing these outward conformity things, they make people content in that. I've checked my boxes today. Check, 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 check. If any of you have studied Islam, you know there are these five pillars of Islam with the sixth pillar being jihad. And the way that they do that is throughout the day at specific times, they go through this mantra. They acknowledge these five pillars All they're doing is checking the ticket, punch the ticket, punch the ticket. God loves me now because I've done these things. That's not what it's about. We know this. He has just gone through many uh, phrases that we've developed over six messages that explain that in intimate detail, yet we so easily forget. Man-made rules versus God's rules. It's important that we always differentiate between them. God's rules 
are also not meant to get in between us and God, but they are meant to set us apart, to maintain that distinctiveness that is His children. We obey because God wants us to do this. We don't earn points with that. You don't become God's child because you've checked all these boxes off. No, God adopts you into His family. He places His love upon you and He adopts you into His family. Now, you might have chores to do after you've been adopted into God's family, but they don't make you a part of His family. They just make you a good, obedient child or a bad, disobedient child. You're still a child. And so you will either receive His approval for having a job well done, done your chores, or you'll receive His rebuke for having fallen down and failed Him in doing your chores. So see, in the last verse, it speaks of the appearance of wisdom. There is this appearance of wisdom of wisdom. We want to do what's wise. Any sane person does. We want to be perceived as doing what's wise. We want other people to see it. We want other people to look at us and say, hey, I like that. Look what that person did. Now, this is not bad. This is not pride, uh, or it could easily lead to that, but yet it's you're doing good examples. You're doing what God wants. And God has designed this world to reward such behavior. It's his world. He made it. It's not ours. So he made all the rules. He's built in all of the feedback mechanisms by which this world works. Yes, there can be this bad path that you appear to be rewarded on. You get power. You get money. You get big houses. But is that contentment? Is that happiness? No. It's not leading you anywhere good. I think of that sometimes when I see this particular actor on TV. He passed away about a year ago, but I saw him on a bus. He was the guy that was a Chicago cop and then became an actor. And I saw him on an airport bus down at the Phoenix airport. And I, he and I were the only two people on the bus. I was sitting there, and I saw him get in, and I did a double take, and then I did a triple take. And then I said, you're the actor, aren't you? And he nodded. And I said, what is that show that you were on? And, and this was a long time ago, and it was some show. And he commented on the name. I said, yeah, yeah. And then he stopped talking to me. He said to the driver, my airport is this. And then he kind of buried himself in something. I thought, okay, he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And uh, I didn't blame him. He probably gets that all the time. But I had interacted with him enough in that couple of minutes to see that he was kind of a jerk. It isn't a person I would have wanted to get to know anyway. I just was making small talk, and I thought he would be uh, appreciative of the fact that I recognized him as an actor, but apparently not. He gets that too much. But he's dead now, and to my knowledge, he never came to the knowledge of the Lord. And so his success on this earth led him nowhere good. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Christ is the substance of all good in this world, in our world. So to the degree to which you drift from him, the degree to which you substitute these practices, these checking of the boxes for actual intimacy with Christ, is the degree to which you're not on the right track. You are not going to be fulfilled 
in that. Anything in our world or in your lives that marginalizes Christ is an affront to Christianity. You ought not indulge in it. Anything that elevates humanity or angels above Christ is obviously of the Antichrist. That opposes Christ. And so we are surrounded by stuff that denigrates Christ, that opposes Christ. Even within the church, even many Christian churches nowadays are embarrassed that Christ is at the heart of their name. So they cast Christ out of their worship services, yet they can't escape being called or wanting to be called Christians. And Christ is right there in their title, but yet they're embarrassed by that. And we ought never be embarrassed by that. We need to be proud of the fact that we are God's children. We might not be proud of our behavior as God's children. We might acknowledge that, yeah, we're bad. At times, we're bad. Some of you children at times are bad. And you deserve rebuke for that. Some of us adults are bad, and we deserve rebuke uh, for that. So God uh, disciplines every son he receives, the Word says. And you women know that that includes daughters. He disciplines sons and daughters equally. So now Paul refers refers to this indulgence of the flesh. These things indeed have the appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility, neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. And see, that I think is why these people are being led astray. The intimacy with Christ that I had spoken of in those prior six messages is something that they want desperately. And their sins are separating them from that experience of that intimacy with Christ. So they think, By doing this bunch of things, it will lead them to then no longer indulge in the sins of the flesh. Now, again, though, this is a good thing gone awry. We benefit from having hedges in our lives that prevent us from sinning or at least make it more difficult for us to sin. We benefit from this. Yet, to the degree that we rely exclusively upon those, they'll fail us because... What would any successful system that keeps us from sin obviously require? Our heartfelt devotion to the Lord that is so focused on Him that it allows these sins to be seen for what they are. Yucky, icky, desperately wicked, and unworthy of our attention. So it's only as our eyes fall from Christ to this earth when the temptations get us. So we have to stay focused on that intimacy with Christ. And that's what Paul is telling them in this last portion of chapter 2 here. Don't forget, I've told you all about Christ and all that he is central to our lives. Don't forget, don't trade him for anything except no substitutes for Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that Christ is our all in all. We forget that, and we don't focus on that enough. And we do want the disciplines of our daily lives, apart from Christ, to satisfy the requirement that we must meet in order to live lives that are not indulging our own flesh. Yet, Lord, uh, such a plan will fail us. At the heart, it must be love for your son. And so we pray, Lord, please fill us with love for your son.
fill us with a deep intimacy, a desire to be intimate with Him every day, uh, to not allow time to lapse where we're not in communion with Him, with you in heaven. Father, we thank you. We know that the rules, the making of many rules is not the answer, but it is our heartfelt devotion to you that will protect us from the evil one. We thank you, Lord, for having loved us, and we pray, please, inflame us with love for you. As we come to the table, have us to remember that you want nothing more than for us to be on fire for you, and we pray, Lord, that you would do that. In Christ's name and for the sake of his kingdom, we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.